Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash IMTV and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash IMTV. Honestly, they're not that bad. Welcome to a new episode of It's Not That Bad Podcast. I am Fern here with Dom. Yo, what's up? So, uh, my nephew has been really interested in like skateboarding and stuff pretty recently. Mm. To the point where I'm like, alright, I-, I-, I can get you a board. And I did, and everything. And we went to go skate and everything, and he was like super into it, but... It was funny, like, just watching him getting frustrated at things, like, I remember getting frustrated at, yeah, uh, like, at that age and everything, and anyways, things were going pretty good and what have you. Then, he had a birthday, and then he got a shit ton of money for his birthday, <laughs> and I was like, cool, you can save your money for this, or this, or this, and he's like, yeah, 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 definitely, so I'm just going to drop, like, $70 on Fortnite or something like that. It was like, oh I think God. my brother says like $70, $80. Um, what do you buy on there? I don't know. Um, and then uh, I was like, whatever. Fine. And all this stuff. And he was talking about scooters. And I was like, why would you want a scooter? You got a skateboard. He's like, yeah, but like, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. So one night we stood up and we were watching like scooter videos and skateboarding videos and all that stuff, right? And we saw this one. It was like skateboarders versus like scooters and blah, blah, blah. Then he starts watching this one guy. And he's like, I like this guy's video, blah, 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 whatever. And it was just corny, like scooter thingies. And I'm like, you really want a scooter like that? He's like, yeah, it's like way easier and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but skateboarding is cool. Like (laughs) scooters aren't. And so whatever right and we saw this one where he like he bought this cheap scooter and was like oh i'm gonna try it out and he's all for the money it's not that bad and i'm like oh see look you could buy a scooter you know it's only like 50 bucks like that's good because like the professional scooters like yeah (laughs) the shit was so funny too because he's like it's good if like your sister want to learn how to like scooter and, like, you want to get something good that's not going to break right away, this would be awesome. But don't forget to support your local scooter shops. I'm like, what? Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? They have scooter shops? And No, I think you mean skate shop, right? That's what I thought. <laughs> um, and, like, this other video, they go and they, they build, like, their dream scooters. And it's just, <laughs> and it's so funny because, like, I'm trying to sit here and watch it with him, but I can't stop, like, giggling. Like, this shit is so fucking corny. Like, skateboarding can be nerdy, I guess. Mm. And there, and, and, but the one thing I love about skateboarding is that there's so many different types of skateboarding, mm. different types of skateboarders. Mm-hmm. Like, you could do what, like, if you want to be just like a bull rider, you could do your bull rider. If you want to be street skater, you could do just street skating. If you yeah. want to do transition, you can do transition or flat ground. You can do flat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's so much. Or you and can then do Brian's style of just getting mad because he can't, can't do that trick. No, it's just how he is. Dumb. <laughs> 
He has anger problems, okay? <laughs> but no, but like even like casual skateboarders, like people just want to have a skateboard to ride, you know? But with scooters, it's like it's all the same thing, whatever, right? And the guys that he showed me, they're all just like corny white guys. So it's it's like not helping me paint like a good picture with them, but I'm like, whatever. <laughs> well, he ended up biting one uh scooter and i was like oh this is pretty good like you know it's really sturdy like the wheels are metal and everything i was like how much is this he's like i don't know like just under 200 dollars. i'm like what, what the fuck yeah that's what i said and i just like i couldn't believe it and he's like yeah well scooter and be easier and i'm like yeah but you have a skateboard so i know but like, when I can't do something on a skateboard, I knew I could do something on a scooter. I'm like, oh, my God. And so I've been really torn because I'm like, I don't want you to be a nerd, but I want to support you in what you do. But I can't have you be a nerd. <laughs> he wants to go to a skate park. And I'm like, I don't want to take you to a skate park. And then people be like, get these damn scooter kids out of my way. Yeah. And it, I don't know. Just like, I just... I'm trying to support my nephew and what he wants to do. Yeah. And he said he's still down to skateboard. He's like, yeah, I still want to learn how to skate, but I want to ride scooters too. But I'm like, but scooters are for nerds. <laughs> and and honestly, I would try to go and watch like scooter stuff. And like, they're all nerds. Like every single one of them, they're fucking nerds. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I'll say this, I'm not trying to be biased because I end up watching these guys they were in this video um, and they were doing like street skaters versus uh, freestyle skating, like flat ground skaters or whatever. And those guys are fucking nerds. The flat ground street uh, freestyle skaters. Like I was like, these guys are just fucking nerds. Like when I saw them, I was like, they're, they're skaters. Like they, I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but you don't look like a skater, but it just like the way they looked and the way they came off. It's like these guys are fucking nerds. Like it's <laughs> these guys and scooter kids are the same. So see, even skaters can be stupid nerds, but yeah. I think scooter kids are more so. Plus, we did watch a we watched a compilation that was like uh, like scooter kids getting owned. And it was just a bunch of like skateboarders running into scooter kids. And this one was really funny. This guy like. He he did this gap, and right after the gap, like there's there's a, there's a ledge on like the left side, and there's a gap, and then there's people you know coming in and out. So yeah. he does the gap, you can't see like who's on the other side, and a scooter kid just comes out of nowhere, bam! Like he hits him hard, like literally he hits him and the kid flies. <laughs> I told my nephew, I'm like. See, that's why you shouldn't scoot like be a scooter kid at the skate park. Someone's gonna knock you out. <laughs> he didn't do it on purpose, but you know what I mean. Yeah, he didn't knock you out. <sighs> yeah, so that's what I've been dealing with for the last week or so. Hmm. I think. I mean, I used to have a scooter as a kid. Yeah, I. I mean, I didn't have a scooter. But uh, you remember when ra razors were like yeah. the coolest thing? Someone, someone That's did. That's what we got for Christmas. Me, yeah. and, me and Gabby got those. Someone did. And those, honestly, like, they're cool for what they are. Yeah. But it's like. Oh, no, but I know. I totally yeah, but know when, but then when you have, like, like, the kids who are like. Because, like, as I'm watching these kids, 
they're like, yeah, I'm going to do like this triple ox twisty bra thing. And it's like, <laughs> what? And like, I mean, <clears throat> like I said, I haven't been, haven't been like super into skating for like over a decade. Right. So, you know, I'm not someone who can just remember like all oh, the name of skateboarding tricks, but like, I, I know, yeah. I know a lot. And watching like scooter kids, it feels so weird. Cause they're like, yeah, it's, this is like a blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, I can't do that. And I'm like, what are they saying? I don't understand what they're saying. I think growing up in the 90s, I think anyone from then has some kind of like understanding of skate because that was such a big thing. Yeah. Like it was everywhere. Yeah, it really was. I mean, I saw this uh, this like like little documentary thing talk, talking about Ryan Sheckler. And he was talking about like, yeah, I he's like, I was just a skater kid. And all of a sudden I became like a, like a um a celebrity. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, yeah. Like he had his own show, I think. And like him and a couple other skaters, like look at Bam Margera. I saw mm-hmm. one of him too. He was talking about how he was in high school when Jackass blew up. And he was saying like no one wanted to be his friend because he was like a loser skater kid before. And then Jackass came out, he he was in it. And people were all like, oh, let's be your friends. And he was like, fuck this. Like, yeah, <laughs> good. Out. That's what I'd do, too. I'd be like, <laughs> fuck you guys. But he was talking about how, like, he, he wasn't just a skater anymore. He was, like, a celebrity. Yeah. And, the, you know, he was talking about, like, his drug use and, like, drinking and all that stuff. But, yeah, it was, like, Cause, it was crazy. Like, that's, that's what we remember, did. Because like, remember, like, people used to, used to, like, oh, well. Older people, like boomers, used to be like, you can't make a living out being a skater. You can't make, you can't be make that into a profession. And like, even like with extreme sports, like now it's a bigger thing. But like, remember when it like first started and everyone was like, oh, this isn't going to last. This is just like a fab. Well, yeah, Ben Margera said that, that his uh, counselor took him aside and he was like, skating is just a fad, you know? When you like in a couple of years, it's gonna die out and you're gonna regret it, and blah blah blah. And then he said that when Jackass and everything started taking off and he was making a bunch of money, he came back in like a Ferrari <laughs> just to say, like, fuck you to that guy. Good. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know, like I said, I know I'm biased towards it because like I grew up skating, yeah, and even I- when I even when I wasn't skating anymore. Like, I still had skating around my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I never, I, I, I'm horrible at skateboarding. Um, But even so, it's like, yeah, well, I, I grew up, or like, I mean, uh, we grew up with it. But then, like, then becoming, like, friends with Brian, and you get all into that, and you, you just watch, like, all the like, skate videos and stuff. Yeah, it's just like, you just start, you wind up, like, in it, and you're like, huh, I'm really here at, like, a skate park um, for this tournament. And, like, I don't even know how to skateboard. Who knows? Maybe in the future, that's going to be all scootering. You know, I hope not. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you really like scootering, it's cool. But just don't be like a nerd about it. Yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean. I just don't want my nephews to get beat up for being nerds, and it's so hard when your nephews are nerds. But. I guess we'll just, time will tell. This is the fucking news. So this past Tuesday, the Board of Governors uh, met to discuss rule changes for the Academy Awards. 
one of the major category changes is the decision to consolidate the categories of best sound editing and best sound mixing into one category, recognizing the best achievement in sound. Uh, governors for the sound branch of the Academy said in 2019 they were in favor of taking the steps of combining sound mixing and sound editing into a unified best sound award that would nominate up to two supervising sound editors, one production sound mixer, and up to three recording mixers. Uh, the governors added, everyone that has been part of the discussion so far feels that this change will give us more unity as a community and strengthen us as a branch. Um, the, uh, the Academy also announced that the films that had previously planned um, theatrical re releases can qualify for the Oscars without a Los Angeles qualifying run, but the film must be made available on the secure Academy Screening Room member-only streaming site within 60 days of the film streaming or VOD release. This rule um, changes in effect until further notice. The Academy will eventually issue a specific date when the old rule of a Los Angeles qualifying run goes back into effect. Well, it took them 90 <laughs> years to figure that out. Yeah, I know. It's like, I've oh, been wow, paperless you... on my insurance for how many years now? Oh, you're stepping into the 21st century. Honestly, I thought they did. No. But, but when we saw um, Kirby Enthusiasm, yeah. I was like, they still have them? Mm -hmm. So that was a complete shock to me. Watch. We're saying it's good now, but then we're going to see all these films lose because like, I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. I mean, these don't sound horrible, to be honest. It oh, feels no, like no. this actually feels like they're trying to make a change. Yeah. Not like, oh, hey, what if we added like a favorite popular movie <laughs> award? Oh, during the same year that Black Panther comes out? <laughs> One of the biggest movies of the year? No, it's not. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, right. But I really, this does feel like this is a change that we wanted. Even though it's not huge, stuff like, I'm, I mean, we talked about it a lot, but stuff like sound mixing, sound editing, all that stuff where it's yeah. like, we do understand it's a big deal, but a lot of times it's people don't know what to go for. That's smart because they're not looking at it as a loss or trying no, to see it as a yeah. win. As like, hey, you know, we get this all together. We're a sound community. Yeah, so, yeah, sure, it's one award. It's like for best sound. But they, they expanded how many people can be in qualifying for it. Like, um, how many people can all together win an Academy Award. Which is also cool because that's kind of what we talked about with, like, uh, what was it, like, uh, production or whatever. Because it's like, yeah, you could, I mean, if you really want to get technical, you can have, like, six different awards from that alone. So it's getting better. Yeah. And it is streamlining stuff like this where it's still important and people want it, but it's not doing something where it's like trying to make up a category and then say like, yeah, see, we're fixing it. The Universal Pictures experiment in Trolls World Tour, you know, straight to video, whatever, on demand, uh, turned out to be so lucrative that the studio announced it would begin releasing first run movies on demand as well as in theaters. So, as a way to punch back at big studios, um, AMC Theaters took that as the first shot in a war. The country's largest theater chain will no longer play any Universal films, and it's 1,000 cinemas worldwide. 
I mean, I kind of understood this, but I didn't really know that that like the impact it had. So Universal gets to keep eighty percent of that revenue compared to the fifty-fifty split it enjoys with theaters, meaning that the seventy-seven million in revenue it earned from Trolls World Tour translate to the same profits the studio earned for the original Trolls, which was gross, which ju- grossed just under one hundred and fifty-four million. The numbers will surely be tempting to um, the bottom line minded studio execs who have long wanted to tinker with long-standing rules that traditionally give movie theaters a 90-day exclusive on new releases before they hit um, home video. But, Aaron, the only change that will happen with that system will be ones agreed to by AMC and studios. This policy affects any and all universal movies per se, goes into effect today, and as our theaters reopen, it's not some hollow or ill-considered threat. Incidentally, this policy is not aimed solely at Universal out of peak or to be punitive in any way. It is also extends to any movie maker who unilaterally abandons current windowing practices, absent good faith negotiations between us, so that they as distributor and we as exhibitor both benefit and neither are hurt from such charges. Yeah, I mean, I want to be on... The movie theater side, and I am, but I can also see why. Yeah, they're doing well, like, it. Well, like you said, it like when you look at it, like from the bottom line, it's like they're making as much money as they can. But at the same time, I yeah, I, I see it like both ways because it's like I I would like to go to a movie theater and see it, but if it's also been, it's like I don't know. It's it is a it's an interesting move because. Right now, it makes a lot of sense because of what's going on. Obviously, you physically can go to a movie theater. So, of course, you know, people in their boredom were like, yeah, let's just rent this movie. Why not? $20 is fine. Because like I said, $20 seems like a lot if you were renting a movie by yourself. But if I were to rent a movie and say, hey, everyone come over and let's watch it. Yeah, like that's, that's it's different. It's it's technically that's way cheaper. Mm-hmm. So that the pricing isn't really my biggest thing. It's it's more of like it's the accessibility of it. Because as for us people who love to go to the movie theaters, we love the experience, right? But I mean, also people like us who love to be homebodies and love to relax at home. Who knows if one day we're just like, yeah, I mean, I could go to theaters and watch Black Widow, but I could also like Uber Eats me some food and then I could just rent it right now. I mean, why not? You know, and like, I'm not saying that's exactly what's going to happen, but I could see that happening a couple times, Yeah, you know, especially like with my family. If there's a movie that we kind of want to see, but we don't know if we all want to go to the movie theater. Then my sister would be like, hey, well, let's just rent it, and then we can like, get food or whatever. You know what I mean? Universal is basically saying, like, hey, we're not giving up theaters. We're doing both. So what I think AMC should have just cut down. Like, hey, if you're going to – basically, you're, you're taking away half our business. Well, then we're going to take away half your business and, like, cut, cut down how many theaters. Well – I think when they said they want to be at the table as well, I think what they're thinking is like, all right, well, we get a bigger cut. Or yeah, I know. they're trying to get money from the streaming because AMC does have a streaming service too. 
Yeah, I I know it's all about money, but that yeah. I I I don't know. I wish they would do it for more like like real reasons instead of just like oh well, like instead of fifty fifty, we want eighty forty. No wait, that doesn't make sense. Eighty twenty. <laughs> See, the interesting thing is we've kind of been waiting for this to happen. We weren't really sure how it would go about. We weren't sure how soft, how hard. When we heard, obviously, with all the coronavirus shit going on, and knowing that movie theaters are knowing that movies are going to be released digitally, we just figured like, oh, this is just like a stepping stone. Yeah. But it seems like Universal's like, nah, fuck it, we're going all the way. Yeah. Which is gonna be interesting, especially now if places like AMC decide like, well, we'll just we'll counter your move with a, well, see, a that's bold why, move as well. But see, if let's just say all the studios decide to follow suit with Universal, then AMC is like, well, we're banning all of you then. So then who who do they get? Right? So then I think Local they just film festivals. They've just shot themselves in the foot, right? That's Local why film festivals. That's why I said they should instead of doing a hundred percent shutdown they should do like a fifth you know what i mean so it's like so it's that it's that thing where it's like yeah you're they're still making money but they're not making as much as they could yeah but then universal would have just pulled it anyways yeah but yeah universal might just be like okay then we're just gonna release it all online yeah. they make 100 percent of the profit or well 80 percent of the profit they'll probably make uh they'll probably be like all right well we'll just make deals with like a regal over here yeah. and uh whatever over here well, that's but, what I mean. It's like I feel like AMC is like shooting themselves in the foot yeah. with this type of thing. But again, like they're they're in the right to. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it may not seem like a big deal, but yeah, I mean, I when you said that, I was like, what the fuck? I just thought, like, honestly, I thought these movies were gonna were, I thought they weren't gonna make that much money. I thought it was gonna be like, hey, we're doing okay, like for for us not being able to do well, a theatrical release and blah blah blah. But then when you said like they made a hundred million in what three weeks, I was like, holy shit! And it's but see that's the that's the crazy thing is like when you think about it comparatively, it's like yeah they're gonna list their box office at like seventy seven mil- a million right, and for us it's gonna be like we're gonna look back and we're gonna be like that wasn't that much money, but when you look at it compared to how much that would have made and then how much the split was it used to be. That, I think we're going to start looking at it like that. We're also, we're, it's only three weeks. Yeah. So who knows how much more it could make. Yeah, because these little kids are like, Mommy, Mommy, I want to watch Troll World Tour. Shut up, Abby! I'm trying to have a smoke over here. Just uh, go also, watch it. I mean, honestly, when you think about it, it's just going to translate for the future. Because right now, everyone's doing everything out of boredom. Yeah. So spending twenty dollars on a movie for your family, yeah, it's fine. But is this gonna be a natural thing? Like that's what I'm saying. Like it's gonna be really interesting because it wasn't. We thought it was gonna be a little tiptoe, 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 but no, they straight up jumped into yeah. it, and then a full on battle ensued of out of nowhere. And I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Well, and like, then I, but it's see, so drastic. And I think studios are gonna take. They're gonna. They're not gonna take the backs of the theater because they've been. Trying to change the way theaters. Remember, like we've as we've seen, they've been trying to change the way that theaters. Um, they even 
but they wanted that law to be passed where like they wanted to get rid of the law where studios can own theaters again. Yeah. Where it's like they've been trying to change it. Like they've been trying to get rid of they've been trying to get rid of the middleman for so long so that they can maximize profits that I feel like this is the best way to like for them to be like, well, look, we're still going to put it in theaters, but you can watch it right now. Yeah, I, I, I'm honestly, I just don't know what to feel about this because yeah. it's it's so drastic. It's not it's not even like a little no. move. It's yeah. a huge move. Yeah, it's not even. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, and it's not like it's it's oh it's this and this. It's it's one of the if not the biggest movie chains going against a, a huge movie. Uh, studio and, and what's crazier too is when you think about it like they could have easily have just been like well for the time being once everything gets reopened and gets back to normalcy maybe in like a, a I don't know, let's say like 10 months what we're gonna do from now on is theater we're gonna split it between theaters and vod right but no they went full full throttle no from now on it's full but also i do feel like that is partially because of the situation we're in. Yeah. So but I think they, I, I think, but I think with their statement, they, they're insinuating that we're just doing this for now, that they are going to go to the table and try to refigure this out. But it is going to be interesting because what happens if a few weeks from now, if not a few months from now, we hear back and AMC says, yeah, okay, well, what if we ask for a little bit more? Like leniency on this, or maybe asking for money here, or whatever. And Universal's the one who says, "No, we'll just pull it." And like, then, then, like, who's the bad guy then? And it's yeah. honestly, it's a really crazy thing that just happened, kind of out of nowhere. And it may not feel like that huge because if it was like a Disney, I think it would be even bigger. Oh, but yeah. Universal's oh. still fucking huge. For real though, it is. It is pretty crazy. Like. Did not expect to hear that. You know what I mean? Especially being so harsh. But I am going to be looking forward to what happens with both. And before, at least before, it has to have, it has to come to a head at least before the end of the year. If we're open by then, who knows? You might be forever trapped in our homes because that's what the deep state wants us to do. This is your station. But what am I actually doing here? I'm not going to tell you. Don't worry. You're going to figure it out. The last time I saw him, he was headed toward Debs. And then he disappears. Something bad happened to him. You know what happened to him. If you came for answers, ask me what you don't know. What is Devs? This is the only principle you need to understand. Nothing ever happens without a reason. Everything was determined by something prior. They're fanatics. We need the police. You want to take them down? It's impossible. You knew I was going to come here. The sense that you were participating in life was only ever an illusion. Life is just something we watch unfold.
inside. Everything. Devs is a 2020 American science fiction thriller television miniseries created, written, and directed by Alex Garland. After her boyfriend Sergei's apparent suicide, a young software engineer named Lily Chan, played by Sonoya Mizuno, who works for Amaya, a cutting-edge tech company based in Silicon Valley, she suspects foul play and begins to investigate. She quickly realizes that all roads lead to Forrest, played by Nick Offerman. Amaya's enigmatic CEO, and Devs, the company's secret development division. In Lily's quest to discover the truth, she uncovers a technology-based conspiracy that could change the world. Devs, the brainchild of, what is he, English? Is he? I think so. English weird ass director slash writer slash producer Alex Garland, a show that we have been excited for for a while, a show that only lasted eight episodes, a show in where he was able to fully put himself into without no out outward saying if you will what'd you think about it, Dom? well okay so i yeah like you said been waiting to watch this finally the whole thing's on um hulu and see this is what i want like dune to become right like oh like he gave us something amazing because people like saw what he could do and they're like hey let's give him as much as freedom as we can and this is Alex Garland being like, hey, I've worked in the movie studio for so long um, and I've had to deal with the restrictions because there's so much I want to do. And this gave him the opportunity to finally like have that breathing room he needed. And I think he like knocked it out of the park. That's why I think this worked really well, too, is like it's really and even for me, I like really slow things. But this was kind of slow, but it works really well. Like it, I think he, you needed to, to kind of like, you needed these long scenes of like the cities to, to just fill the scope of like what was going on with the, the whole AI and the whole, like just all the characters. Um, Nick Offerman does a great job. I, it's, it's completely different from like what you normally see him as. Um, and just like this, the, the idea for it too is just like what we always talk about, like where, where AI goes from that, or like, and even just like predicting like things and like the multiple universes and this and that. And it's just like, see, it's like, how does he come up with like these ideas? Yeah, I feel like it, it really scratches the surface of all these questions we've been asking, even with like the whole, the like world is a simulation or whatever. Cause the, kind of they live they're literally living in a simulation and he says like well what's the difference yeah and you're like yeah huh and then i i love the idea too like where the the people working on the project they 
they can feel superior to this because they're like, well, we're not in the box. Because remember, he's like, well, we're watching a box, and inside that box, there's another box. But then, and they're like, well, we're not watching us. And then he's and like, then they... oh yeah, right. Uh-huh. And he puts <laughs> them on there, and like they see them, and it's like, you're just living in another. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like you're just living in someone else's box. Yeah, it really like it. It does. It touches all of this really deep shit, but in very light strokes. Yeah, because you're right. It has a ton of buildup, and you're constantly on this ride of learning more, learning more, learning more, till you get to the end where you finally get to this. This end point. They they know it's gonna happen. You know it's gonna happen. You're slowly figuring out what's happening. Like they show the when they when they don't have the crystal clear version, you see her like rolling over, you know, and dying, and so you're like, oh, she's gonna die. But even till the end, like you're questioning yourself of like, well, why do they keep following it? Why don't they change it? Why don't they change it? And they well, they're like, well, we don't have free. We don't have free will, technically. Everything that we're going to do has been done. Yeah. And it's this weird thing where you're sitting here and watching it saying the same thing to yourself. And it's like, yeah, well, I would just done that. Well, I just would have done that. But he, he even talks about they've ran through so many different simulations of them. He says, I've tried to argue with you so many times and you still don't listen to me. Yeah. And, and like... That's the craziest part about it is they take you to they take you to the point where they've made you feel like, yeah, this is this is just it, right? Mm-hmm. And you're waiting for something, but everything keeps happening. And like one of the most fucked up parts too is when they're on that like giant d- dam, mm-hmm. and she's telling him like, oh yeah, you do it, and he's like, oh yeah, of course, because this is my way of proving to myself that I would do this, and then. He falls and you see all the simulations of oh he was gonna fall no matter what. Yeah. Like that but just what what way was he going to fall yeah. this time? That like that was one of the most fucked up things. So I was like, damn, so she just straight up was like, Yeah, this is the part where I technically murder you, but I don't murder you. Yeah. All for and literally all just saying, Well, everything happens. So I've seen what happens, I know what's gonna happen. There's a million different ways this happens, but you're going to do this no matter. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't know. It just, it really fucks with that whole thing up until the end, literally up until the end where you're like, well, something has to change, right? And then she throws the gun and all this stuff, but then they still end up dying. Yeah. But what was crazy was, you know, I, I tell you, like, I watched a guy from Westworld. Like, yeah. he does all the Westworld shit, and I'm like, this guy knows. He was talking about that, and he was like, one thing I picked up, and I don't know if it's meant to or whatever, but um, the old guy, the whatever his name was, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking The about one that. who was at the entrance. Yeah. He said that in both scenes where they see the projection of the future and the one where she changes it, like, if you look, the screen is still on the screen at which he does, like, the automatic shutdown of the thing. So he was saying... Is just is this just another like split and the ultimate end? Because because he was saying that the one that we saw that the the projection of how this was gonna end, we see like she suits him and then a thing goes and then whatever, right? 
Um, and then what we see is he actually does it manually and the thing falls or whatever. But in the projection, he says that you can actually see the screen that he's at and it's at the same security screen. So he did it either way. Yeah. So he was saying that what if we just see something different where her shooting it, her shooting uh, Nick Offerman's character, like, yeah, that could have happened, but she still could have got out, but he's the one who did it no matter what, you know? It was it was Obviously, really it was him that was going to do Yeah, it. it was really interesting because you get to the ending and you're like, "Oh, it's kind of like a happy ending." Still. So Nick Offerman was looking at the wrong person? Maybe. It, no, it was it was really yeah. weird cuz it was something that I never even thought about. I was just like, "Oh, yeah, see, we do have free will, right?" Right? But then he brought that up and I'm like, "Fuck." <laughs> Because it makes you think, right? It makes you think, like, what if that... Because if someone were going to throw that in, it's Alex Garland. So, it, I don't know. Just This is exactly what we thought we were going to get. But in the best possible way. Like, he was talking about how sometimes he does things and it feels like it's in a different world. It's in a different place, whatever. He's like, but I wanted you to be in the San Francisco that is now. It's here. It's present. Everything is the same. You go down and they have this and they have this. And it's that San Francisco. But the the sci-fi of it is this, like, giant AI system, mega computer thing. Um, and that's where it all takes place or whatever. And so he was talking about how when they're outside of it, it does just feel like you're watching some dramatic movie or whatever. But... It all focuses around this one area. Yeah. And I don't know. Just like I I went I went into it thinking like I'm probably gonna like it because it's <laughs> yeah. Alex Garland. Yeah, me too. Everything he's done, I've been a fan of. And then like slowly watching it, because yeah, I did what you did. I was like, you know what? I, I'm just gonna wait for a little bit because I know that I'm probably gonna wanna go back to back, which is exactly what I did. And as soon as the last episode um, was up i was like okay let me watch it now because i was i've been really good with not not listening to anyone say yeah. anything other than that one article i told you where the guy's like um alex garland did this a lot better than westworld you know it's completely fucking different uh they're trying to compare this to west to westworld yeah we're not gonna get to that oh my god but i i waited specifically because i was like i'm probably gonna want to stream all this and i did I like literally streamed five episodes yeah, I, one night and then yeah. the next day I finished it. And it's exactly what you would think you were going to get from an Alex Garland movie, but laid out across eight different uh, episodes. And honestly, like it works so well because yeah. you're right. It, from what he imagined and what you get at the end, it just it makes it feel like you're watching something in the real world but like skewed a little bit like maybe you are watching this this is like an a different ai version of that you know what i mean like yeah. i don't know how to explain it but like it just it just goes to show that he's not like this one hit wonder person it's not like all oh, his best days are behind him uh, we talked about annihilation and how when that movie came out they were trying to basically they were trying to neuter it before it even got released. 
they were like, well, what if we let, let's just go ahead and throw it on Netflix before? And he was like, no, no. I, I want this to be like a real like theatrical release. Like, yeah. One, they're like, yeah, but see, we don't have faith in it. And no one's really gonna like it, so I think it's better yeah, for you that. Look at a bunch of everyone likes that. Man. Yeah, and and this just goes to show, like, yeah, he fucking knows exactly what he's doing, like yeah. exactly what he's doing. But yeah, like I, I don't know, who, like, there's not really many uh, like other people out there who do this kind of high sci-fi concepts where it's more, it's more than just like. Um, an alien sequel where it's just like, oh, it's it's because they have spaceships, so it's sci-fi, and they're alien monsters, so it's sci-fi. Get it? But this is more in that idea of like, yeah, but see, yeah, there's a supercomputer, but what if it's a supercomputer that can tell you not can not only show you the past, but can show you the future with such precision that like it's like it's gonna question make you question whether or not you even like are you living in a simulation yeah and i honestly like i kind of wish they explored that a little bit Me more too. that's what when they started getting into the simulation thing i was like are they gonna start getting into that yeah because like when they show like the image like the blurry image of like jesus mm-hmm. on the cross which to actually wasn't be it's maybe not a cross and we know more like an x cross we're not gonna get to that right now but no, when they showed that, like, just the idea of them being being able to look back in the past is it's like it's everything we ever wanted. Yeah. And then later on, he says like, "Yeah, we went back to like the beginning of the universe, and he they're watching all this shit." It's like that's that shit that I wish I could actually do, like being able to just see and either prove or disprove the ancient <laughs> alien theory. You know what I mean? Just yeah. seeing like like all those little mysteries you never thought you would ever know and being able to go back and say like, hey, this is probably what happened or this is what it would have looked like or you know what I mean? I wish like I could see the 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 um the like great the great pyramid of Giza like in its prime with like mm. the bright limestone and the gold on top because yeah. that shit is just like it's un it's unreal right and I wish like I could see all this but of course I can't and the fact that they touch on it and it but it's not even like it is like the main thing of the story but like it's not you know like they don't go like it wasn't towards till the end where they showed like the ancient humans mm-hmm. and he was talking about, Oh, we thought that they, you know, they only lived here for blah, 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 but they lived here for centuries. And he was like, just imagine that like 30 years just living in this cave and this is how you live. And it's like, yeah, fuck. Like that sounds so like, I don't know. It sounds so interesting. And, but the fact that it's, we don't even really see much of it. It's little glimpse. It's, Oh, this is what Jesus sounded like. You know what I mean? Like, it's little shit like that, which yeah. is like, that was like, that's fucking amazing. But it's more of like, but I'm doing this because of my daughter. Like, this is all for my daughter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It just, it was a weird way that they did it. And it just makes me want more. Like, I I wish they would do another season where they go back and they're like, oh, let's look at like, you, who did this or what really happened here? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know that 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 type of like sci-fi intrigues me, but the fact that he that's only there 
to fit his story is like, eh, of course, because that's what he does so well. Like this, this show is fucking perfect. Yeah, and it just it's everything I want from a sci-fi show. Already being fans of his for his movies and and his ideas and stuff, coming in doing this TV show was like, it was fucking perfect. Like, I don't even know what I can't even tell you like what different things I would want because yeah. I I'm just I I love what we got. So I don't know what's gonna come next, but I hope that he stays in this lane where he's able to control his properties and his ideas and i mean who knows what he's going to come up with next whether it is continuing the story or a completely different story like i can't wait so honestly two thumbs up back super fucking hard if you haven't seen it it's eight episodes it's amazing amazing tv this is a definite go watch it I can't even I can't even begin to explain like how blown away that you'll be by this. So give it a shot. To celebrate the one year anniversary of one of the greatest cinematic achievements, um, Avengers Endgame. Uh, let's take a look back at some of the theories that came out before the movie and. Maybe we can have some laughs at it. So one of the uh, first ones I got right here is uh, the survivors would trade their lives for the fallen. Most people knew going to Avengers uh, Infinity War that some of the MCU heroes would die. But when the characters like Black Panther and Spider-Man began disappearing, that was truly unexpected. Uh, these were new heroes who were supposed to be the future of the MCU. And it was the original Avengers who were left. The shakeup led fans to speculate that the original heroes would trade their lives to bring back the new characters, uh, referencing a line from Captain America. Although there are certainly sacrifices, the fallen heroes were able to come back without wiping out the original six. Reed Richards made those fancy new Avengers suits. Um, let's get a bit out there. The, the final shots of the trailer um, are the members of the Avengers in new red and white outfits. These suits have a similar design to Ammon suit, which can shrink to a subatomic level, taking him to the quantum realm. So it stands to reason that these suits function this way as well. Well, doesn't we don't see Bruce Banner in these shots. He could have um, designed these, right? What if it wasn't Bruce Banner designing? He knows nothing about the quantum realm. What if another super intelligent uh, person entered the fray? One of the smartest people in the Marvel comic book universe is none other than Reed Richards, also known as the Fantastic Four's Mr. Fantastic. Um, it's all about the Soul Stone. Since the end of Infinity War and the decimation of half of the universe care of the Infinity Gauntlet, the specifics of the Cinematic Soul Stone have been on everyone's mind. It's not just that it's arguably the most esoteric of the already extremely esoteric lot of precious gems obsessed over by Thanos. It also got some interesting quirks over in the comics. For one, um, the comic book version of the Soul Stone is actually sentient and it has a will of its own and a motivation to consume souls, which then transports to a sort of pocket dimension called the Soul World. 
Tickets to the Soul World are not always one way, though. It's um, absolutely possible for heroes to be consumed and spread out. Good as new. Tony Stark will meet his daughter. The time travel plot will go forward as well as backwards. Tony will come face to face with his and Pepper's grown up daughter. If Endgame is getting time, timey wimey, there could be a, teen, a teeny chance that this could happen. It was potentially implied in Infinity War that Pepper might be pregnant after the chat about Tony's dream in the park and the subsequent New York smackdown with Call Obsidian and Ebony Ma. Pepper tells Tony he's going to be before the call cuts off. The Mind Stone is the real baddie. Thanos isn't, isn't bad. He's just under the spell of the Mind Stone. Just as Loki was in the first Avengers, which, I, which he wasn't. I don't know why they said it in this theory he was. One theory suggests that the Mind Stone is alive and can see the future and saw its own destruction and set Thanos on a whole quest for the gauntlet. gauntlet and killing off half the universe was just to reverse time and save it from destruction. Or just hates life. That's what like the Redditor like, who posted this was. It all ends with the wedding. The last theory reckons the last scene is going to be Tony and Pepper getting married. Steve dies, so isn't there. But the rest of the surviving soups are. Hopefully they don't do uh, like a weird Armageddon thing. Um, that's what the, the post had said. Um, there's, there's So <laughs> where I got it from, they were like saying how likely this was like to be in the movie or not. And they, they put like, they were like, this is likely. They're like, there's plenty here to back up this one. Firstly, there's the tabloid pic um, taken uh, on set that clearly shows Gwen and Paltrow in character wearing an engagement ring. Sebastian Stan was quoted um, confirming that everyone in the MCU came back for one key scene during the shoot. What he said was, there was one scene I think we had where everybody was there. I can't really talk about that scene. But I knew it took them three months in planning the scene to have everyone there. You look around and you just saw everyone from Samuel L. Jackson, from Michael Douglas, to Michelle Pfeiffer. Everybody was there. <clears throat> Lastly, there's the fact that the event that Avengers Endgame needs to go quite some way to turn around the ending of the last film and finish on a nice big happy wedding would be a lovely way to wrap up the first three phases. Unless this rumored big wedding scene is all just a horrible nightmare that Tony has, realizing all the things he's going to miss out on right before he sacrifices himself. Uh, yeah, almost got it right. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I mean, what else? Why else would all these other people show up? Like, it has to be a wedding. It was, it was a wedding. It's only a wedding. It's got to be a wedding. We knew how crazy these predictions and oh, everything yeah. <laughs> were and i and that and honestly as good and bad as it is that led to i think both of us kind of just saying like what the fuck ever like yeah. we'll just get what we get because it's good i'm gonna and, ignore this and honestly going back and remembering seeing all that shit for the first time like i just remember when they killed daniel said everyone's like <gasps> like they killed him like yeah. and then and then it cuts to Five God years later, and literally God everyone was like, <gasps> like a huge gas. Yeah, like, it was oh like shit, man. And like, as we said before, with movies and theaters going away, maybe that's something you can't like. As shitty as it is to say, 
Steven Spielberg does have a point where sometimes being in a theater is an experience. Not all the time, but sometimes. Yeah. And watching that movie for the first time in the theater, packed, yeah, you could feel it. Like, all those little things that you were waiting for to see and you didn't see, then you got other things, and you're like, what? Um, Yeah, it, it was amazing. But, I mean... To these people's, you know, sleuthing, whatever. That was kind of the thing to do at the time. I mean, people yeah. still do it where they're like, well, wh- what's next? Well, we have to see this. We have to see that. I mean, you talked about how much you hate people because they think they're going to see something. And, oh, this is the only thing that makes sense. The movie comes out, doesn't show it, or maybe it's completely different. They're like, oh, I, I hated it. There were some ridiculous ones. One of them was... um. Hawkeye was going to be the villain in the story because remember in the trailer, there's that scene where there, he's in the, the like the underground and there's a red light on him. You know what the red light was? Ultron. Yeah, exactly. And so there, Ultron made a bot before he died. Yeah. And, yeah. That, and Hawkeye just woke up the Ultron bot. I think moving away from this stuff was good. Like hearing about it, it's funny now. But... There was so much. Yeah, but... When this stuff is still like, I mean, like I said, it's still going to happen. We still do it. But I think it's lesser now because what we got for Infinity War and Endgame, I think a lot of people didn't expect. It was a lot of people expecting to see things and then them giving us other things. And it's still making the story make sense. So then... I think a lot of people are like, huh, maybe I'm just always wrong about everything. Because honestly, like, it feels like it's been longer, but it hasn't been that long ago. But, I mean, when Spider-Man came out, like, I just know people saying, like, oh, I wonder if they're going to do this or do this. Like, it wasn't as yeah, deep as no. before. Now that we're getting this whole new phase and stuff, I think more people are willing to just be like, oh, I hope they do this or, oh, it'd be cool to see that. But I don't think they're as as detailed as once before where they're like, well, see, because in this movie, this happens. So what if we tie back to this and now I'm making everything up now? So that makes sense to me. I think a lot of people got butthurt when it's like, oh, you're saying Fantastic Four is not in this movie? Oh, my God, how could they not be in here? But, yeah, I mean, it's funny hearing about that stuff now because – that's all we heard leading up to the movie. Like, everything was like, oh, the, this is probably how it's going to happen. I mean, they how else are they going to do this? Like, I remember everyone pretty much thinking, oh, Thanos is for sure in the, the Soul Stone. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what they did in the comic books. It, the, the, the place that he's at looks exactly like the comic books. You know, like, this is what's going to happen. And it wasn't, but it was, like, a callback to it. Yeah. And it was like, see, because they, they did it right. They did it where they didn't need to go into the stone. Yeah. And I remember that was, you're right, that was one of the things where people were like, oh, the gemstone, the gems, or the gemstone. The soul stone. Oh, it's all about the soul stone. Oh, yeah, everyone's in the soul stone. Oh, that's how we get Gamora. She's in the soul stone. We've seen it. When, when when he sees her as a little kid, she's in the soul stone. We're going to get the soul stone. It's all about the soul stone. 
And then he's like, no, I just destroyed all stones. And now I'm on this planet. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was it was that easy yeah. in the movie where she's like, oh, he's probably at this planet because he always talked about it. Yeah. Oh, God. This movie was just like, it's only been a year since this movie came out. And like I said, like, I consider it to be, because we, I just watched it again. I watched it with Infinity War again. And you get to the end. And you get to you get to that part where he's like, he gets the hammer and he's beating up Thanos, right? Like that that part's awesome unto itself, right? Where Cap gets the the hammer, but then when they when he's like on your left, and then everyone just like it's like literally like everyone you've been building for for this universe for is there, and it's just like it's they take that instead of the the circle. The arc around of the of the the six original Avengers. It's like, how do we show all these characters fighting on screen? And it's like, it and it looks like a comic book. Like it's just like that's how you translate this story into a movie. Yeah, the the movie itself was fantastic. Both of the movies together were oh, amazing. Yeah, they're amazing. Experience that in the theaters was phenomenal. Yeah, and like I said. Everything I've ever seen has been far beyond what I thought I could get. It's crazy, like, watching them back-to-back, like, and having the foreknowledge of Endgame. You're sitting there during Infinity War, and you're like... Because remember how awesome the battle was in Infinity War when we first saw it? It just... You're just like... But now, having seen Endgame, you're like, this is nothing compared to what's coming. But, honestly, what an amazing movie. So glad that we were able to see it. So glad that, you know, it was our lifetime that we built this Marvel Cinematic Universe. We built it. My nephew, who's two, is going to grow up in a world where he's like, you remember when that started? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I did. Hell yeah. But honestly, with that, we'll just say thank you for listening. Yes, thank you. We appreciate it as always. Be sure to subscribe to our channel with any streaming services you got. We're also on YouTube. So if you go into the description of this show, you'll see a little link that takes you straight there. Give us a like on there. Or you can follow us on our social. That's INTB underscore podcast for Twitter and Instagram. Or you can email us directly at intbpodcast at gmail.com. And let us know what do you think about marvel and the direction they're going and how you perceive the fan theories and hearing about all the stuff back then were you stoked were you upset you didn't see what you saw does it matter have you seen devs did you like this mini series do you want to see more or are you like oh i hate this because i don't i didn't understand it because what is i don't understand multiverse theory or do you like skating Skateboarding? Yeah. Are you are you a scooter? Yeah. Are you sponsored? You want to send us some free stuff? We'll let be free know. stuff. Yeah, just let us know. Um, and also, I just want to give a shout out to Jason Siegel for finishing his Dispatchers Elsewhere. Almost Dispatches, forgot it. Dispatchers Elsewhere. Yeah. Um, one of the most interesting shows I've ever seen. And series finale. If you've never seen the show, check it out. Ten episodes. 
it honestly the last episode was like probably some of the best tv i've ever seen ever my entire life and it just makes me feel like seeing that gets me excited to kind of follow what he does next um i know this sounds really weird but you have to watch the show to see where i'm coming from or you could just say fuck it and watch an interview of him talking about it now that it's over but yeah dispatchers from elsewhere it's on amc um yeah it was i i I can't even talk about it because it's you have to see it but i will say thank you for giving to me it was awesome another amazing show but with that we'll just say thank you for listening and as always guys remember it's not that bad it's not that bad